Hello, citizen legislators. Welcome back to Topless Government. I'm your host, Crystal Ellerby. Today's episode is Government 101, Civics for the Masses, looking into my crystal ball at the midterm elections 2022. This episode is, I'm going to do a preview of the midterms for 2022. And let's just get right into it. It's about four weeks until the general election. All I can say, there's a lot riding on this midterm election. I mean, specifically for our democracy. Do y'all want to keep what we have? Or do you want us to go into a realm of investigations? Nothing being done legislatively. Uh, Just having one thought. And just basically rolling back everything. I mean, you know, Supreme Court already rolled back Roe v. Wade. And so this is something, this is going to be something. So this midterm election is also a prelude to the 2024 presidential election. Now, we got key Senate races in Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And you know, we got a few outliner house races too. And so I've been looking at the Cook Political Report. Uh, Larry uh, Sabato, who is, who has um, the crystal ball from UVA Center uh, for Politics. I've been looking at those to just, you know, see, you know, what what are they saying? Because like I said, we're, we're four weeks out from, from the general election. And You know, I can tell you, we're not going to find out some of these races until after January. I mean, because I think it's going to be a repeat of what happened in 2020. I mean, especially the Georgia race. And, um, okay, this is really funny. One of my friends was like, you really need to talk about Herschel Walker. I'm like, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm. My brother, I, I just can't. I, I, I just, I am just gobsmacked and just, I can't believe that this man just even exists. I mean, he's taking up precious air, bless his heart. Uh, and, you know, I'm sorry, he touched. He is touched. And y'all know what I mean by touched. He touched. I just can't. I can't even, I can't even believe that this man is ahead in the polls. And I'm going to be honest, I'm like, I don't like polls because I don't think they capture the honesty of how people are going to vote. People will say that they're going to vote some kind of way. They don't mean that shit. They don't, they lie. Because just think about like the exit polling. People will say whatever you want them, what you want them to hear. You just, I mean, I, I think I think sometimes when it comes to polls, they lie. I really, really do. But again, I wanted to look at, you know, 
Charlie Cook. And I wanted to look at, because, you know, because he's good. I like him. He's reliable. Um, there's the guy on MSNBC, Karnacki. He actually is going to start the countdown tomorrow on the midterm elections. And it's going to be interesting to see what he thinks. I mean, I know y'all been hearing in the media that, you know, Republicans are going to take back the House and they may take back the Senate. And, you know, sometimes I honestly think Democrats, you know, they eat their own. They do. Because I, I want to talk a little bit about the Ohio Senate race. Tim Ryan, who is a member of the House, and he sits on the House Appropriations Committee, and he had his debate with J.D. Vance. And oh my God, I just, your girl was cackling because he wiped the floor with J.D. Vance. I mean, he literally ran off a list of how abhorrent he is and how lockstep he is with Trump and with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, a lot of money is being funneled into that race. And I've heard that the Democratic Senatorial Committee has abandoned Congressman Ryan. I hope they haven't because that's stupid. I mean, come on. This is the only time that I think Democrats could take that seat because that seat was held. It well, it, it's still held by a Republican, Rob Portman. I mean, you know, he's a moderate Republican. I mean, he's a former congressman. He actually headed up the Office of Management and Budget um, during the Bush administration. Um, you know, George W. Bush. I mean, Tim Ryan would be a good senator for Ohio. And along with Sherrod Brown, who's the Democrat, and, you know, he's the senior senator. I mean, come on. I mean, y'all need to get y'all stuff together. I mean, this man has the experience. He will work for the state of Ohio. But, you know, I mean, this is, let me just be real here. This pisses me off because some of the things that I've been hearing about, you know, these congressional campaigns on the Democratic side, they're so top-heavy with damn staff, first and foremost, which is sickening. I mean, do you want to win or do you just want to employ everybody because you said that you've employed the rainbow? What, whatever. Y'all need to get y'all asses together because our democracy is at stake. We got less than four weeks away. And like I said earlier, Herschel Walker being ahead in the polls for Reverend Raphael Warnock? Are you kidding me? And even the fact that the, the recent revelations, because Herschel Walker is, oh my God, running a family values campaign and he got skeletons in his house? I'm sorry. He paid for an abortion. That in itself does not bother me. What bothers me is the hypocrisy that this idiot is flouting. Because the simple fact is, in the majority of states now, women and even young girls who have been raped don't have access to an abortion. And even women who are pregnant 
But if there's complications to their pregnancy, they are not allowed to get a DNC. So basically, you're trying to say that a woman can just die because they can't, they live in a state that is, is basically excluding them from their fundamental right for reproductive health care. That's bull. That is totally bull. But I mean, you know, Herschel Walker, this fool, he, I mean, sired, I don't know how many kids, but I don't know how many women. Again, that ain't my business. But what my business is, when you run a campaign on family values and you spout this crap that you believe in a national federal abortion ban and you coerced a woman who you claim you didn't know and then come to find out she was one of your baby's mamas and you literally are still walking around here with a straight face and then you got current Republicans in the Senate going on the campaign trail with you. And when you're asked a question about all this stuff, y'all want to deflect. Let's get real here. Y'all better vote for Senator Warnock. And if you can, please contribute to his campaign because you know what? He's only been in the Senate for two years, but you would best believe me Senator Warnock has actually worked on a bipartisan basis and he's gotten stuff done for Georgia. He really, really has. He was the one that was trying to get insulin prescriptions reduced. This man knows what he's doing. And the one thing that I will honestly say, he is unflappable. He's a man of God. And you know what? He, he has been trying to schedule debates with Herschel Walker. What does Herschel Walker do best? run he run like something like you know what like i don't know he just runs i guess he run like oj simpson but anyway i'm let me not get to that i i i just still can't understand why that race is so close i, I just can't now let's talk about some other races let's talk about the pennsylvania race senate race oh my gosh lieutenant governor john fetterman Oh, I, you know what? Sometimes I hate the media, but you know what? No, I'm not going to say that because there's a thin line between love and hate. I loathe you. Let's get real. Y'all knew that man had a stroke. Full disclosure, he's had, he's still recovering. He has his faculties, but he has to use closed captioning. Now, I read earlier this week, an NBC reporter tried to read him to filth because of that. You should be ashamed of yourself. You really should. This man is all he trying to do is run for the Senate seat that, that is, is currently held by the most conservative Republican in the Senate, Pat Toomey. I'm sorry, y'all, y'all need to get a grip. Dr. Oz is, ain't even from Pennsylvania. He from New Jersey. Let me repeat that. He is from New Jersey. And I don't have anything against New Jersey. I really don't. I don't. But this man is a carpetbagger. And I just don't understand. I mean, you know, that's a close race. I mean, Pennsylvania is always close. I mean, even when it comes to presidential election, because remember, they have a large amount of electoral college votes. I'm just going to tell you, please, for the love of God, do not vote for Oz. Don't. 
That man he doesn't even live in the real world. He don't even live in Pennsylvania. I mean, I mean, y'all need to just rectify that. Y'all need to vote for John Fetterman. You just do. Y'all need to look at his campaign ads. I mean, oh my gosh, he trolls Dr. Oz. Oh my gosh, he trolls him. And also, I know this has been brought up, and I'm going to talk about a fellow sister, a powerful sister, whose name begins with an O. I'm going to say it. I blame you, Oprah, for Dr. Oz. I blame you. I really do. You provided him with a platform, but I'm going to give you a little bit of slack because I guess you didn't really know how devious that mofo was. But all of us, we do now. That man is a quack. I don't want a quack in the United States Senate. I do not. We got enough on our plate. We're still in in a pandemic. COVID-19 ain't over. Do you honestly think that this man is going to help out the citizens of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? I don't think he is. No, I do not. So that's a close race. Um, let's talk about Wisconsin. Senator Ron Johnson. Now, he already came out and, I mean, I'm sorry, he's racist. He is. He's made so many comments, I, I can't even begin to tell you. And he's actually slipped up during interviews. I mean, Freudian slips, you know, come on. He says what he says what everybody else is thinking. Straight up, he does. And you know, he's running against, you know, this guy, Mandel. And I wish him luck. I I I really, really do. I I, I wish him luck. But, you know, we we don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, one other thing I wanna like talk about a little bit. I don't mind contributing money to candidates. I truly don't. What I do mind is you inundating me with email. And the way you go about and doing it is dire. Oh my God, it's over for Val Demings in Florida. Oh my God, it's over in Pennsylvania for Fetterman. I'm so tired of it. I mean, most of y'all emails go in my junk mail any damn way. But I'm like, again, I'm like, I'll contribute to a candidate. I will. But what I don't like is the way that the DCCC, the Democratic Senatorial Committee, the DNC, y'all inundate us. And I'm like, and I'm tired of it. If we choose to contribute to a candidate, we'll do it. I mean, hell, you even inundate us on our damn cell phones through text messages. I mean, y'all need to get the narrative right. We do want to we, we do want to contribute to these candidates that are vulnerable. We really, really do. But you make it damn hard for us to want to do it because, you know, your whole thing is like you make everything dire and important. Like I said earlier, yes, democracy is at stake. Truly, truly is. And, you know, we need to get out and vote. And I mean, you young people. I I mean, I know, I mean, this is cliche, you know, I mean, but y'all are our future. So step up. I'm a generation Xer. I was a latchkey kid. Generation X, we're independent. We just get the job done. 
We don't whinge. We don't bitch. We don't moan. We see a problem. We just get it done. That's it. So with millennials and Generation Z or whatever y'all are or Z, Y, I don't care. Please just just vote. And I know a lot of you um, are progressive. That's fine. But we need to be one tenth. It, 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 no more fraction. No, none, none of that. You need to be as one lockstep because that's what the Republicans do. And you need to make sure that you vote because there needs to be a blue wave because that's the only thing that's going to save our democracy. Because it, I'm, I'm telling you, if Republicans take over the House, the select committee on January 6th will be gone. They're going to go after every Democrat on that select committee. They're going to go after Adam Schiff. They're going to go after the chairman of the committee. Trust me when I tell you. It's going to be investigations upon investigations in the 118th, excuse me, Congress. It is. Do y'all want that to happen? I mean, I certainly don't want that to happen. But, I mean, you know, these races are key. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, let me just talk a little bit about um, Nathan Gonzalez, he has inside elections, and it's a nonpartisan analysis. So as of October 7th, he put out some House ratings. Okay, now, let's start with the first Native Alaskan being elected to Congress. Now, there was a special election in Alaska, and it was won by Patello, she's native Alaskan. Um, in all likelihood, I think she will be, she will, she will win re-election for the full two-year term. But you gotta remember who's running against her. Oh my Lord. The former governor, um, Sarah Palin. And then you have um another Republican basic who's running. But I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that she um, that she pulls it out. Patalo pulls it out. But that's a toss-up. So in these House ratings and inside politics and inside election, he has 12 toss-up races. So you got California 22. That's a toss-up. And then, Cal uh, and then in Colorado, um, Congressional District 8, that's a new seat. It's open. It's new. It's a toss-up. Okay. Iowa, Congressional District 3, Representative Annick. That's a, con I mean, Iowa is conservative. I mean, that was, that's a very conservative district. It's a toss-up. It is a toss-up. I mean, I mean, then you got, you know, um, there's an open seat in Ohio, Congressional District 13, because Tim Ryan is running for Senate. That's a toss-up. I, I mean, okay, state of Washington. Schreier, Congressional District number eight. That's a toss-up. Then you got, okay, locally. Okay, I got to talk about the local ads. Oh, my God. I mean, they're killing me. They're killing me. So Virginia Congressional District number two, Loria is the, Representative Loria is the incumbent. It's a toss up. 
I mean, so we got 12 toss-up races, House races. Then you got nine that tilt Democratic. So um, Representative um, Sharice Davids, she represents the 3rd Congressional District in Kansas. Now, I think with her, because Kansas voted to not ban abortion, I think she she could squeak it out. And, I, you know, and she's she's a woman of color. Um, she's done a tremendous job um, while she's been in Congress. But her district tilts Democratic. So you got Michigan, Congressional District 7. Slotkin. So that is tilting Democrat. Um, oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about this. Okay. New York Congressional District 19. Representative Delgado has been um, selected to be the lieutenant governor of the state of New York. That's an open seat. And just remember, there's, con there's been congressional district redistricting as well. But it tilts Democratic. But remember, that, you know, there's been some you know, incumbent Democrats had to fight against their colleagues for these new congressional districts. Then there's another one. So this is Virginia Congressional District 8, I mean 7. Spanberger. Oh my gosh, have y'all seen those ads? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, the woman, the Republican that's running against her, Vega, she she was on a county count, she was a county councilwoman, but she was also with the police. You know that woman had the nerve, they got her on a hot mic. So during an election, um, well, campaign event, somebody walked up to her and said, oh, I heard if a woman gets raped, she can't get pregnant. I can't make this up. She said it. She asked, she's like, she said it to Vega, Miss Vega. Miss Vega goes, oh no, that can't happen because it's being forced. It's not happening organically. That should scare the living shit out of you. I mean, it scares me. And I got to tell you, um, Spanberger is the most bipartisan member of Congress. She even got a former Republican member of Congress from the Virginia delegation, former Representative Riggleman, to do a campaign ad saying nice things about her. She does, she works across the aisle. She really, really does. She's a former national security official. She knows her stuff. She comes from a family of law enforcement and military background. She has been very active in supporting her constituents in the 7th Congressional District of Virginia. I mean, come on now. Look, then there's 12 lean Democrat races. I mean... I, I I mean I'm just I'm just I'm just telling you, this is what it is right now with these house races, and then there are eleven likely Democrat Democratic races house seats. Then okay, let's 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 get to the real deal. Tilt Republican, all right? There there, ayos mio. I just yeah. So yeah, you know we there's one Democratic seat in Arizona. Congressional District 6, it's open seat. Um, and um, 
Kilpatrick is running. I mean, it, but it tilts. Republican. I'm like, come on, y'all. And then there are four lean Republican races. And then there are five likely Republicans. But y'all need to just, y- you need to see. I mean, it, this is just, this is right now. So right now, the Democrats have a 222 to 213 margin. That's their majority right now. Republicans only need, oh, God help me, and Jesus take the wheel on this. They only need a net gain of five seats. Five, people, five. Come on, for them to gain the majority. And right now, again, according to Inside Elections with Nathan Gonzalez, the current projection is a net gain of eight to 20 seats for Republicans. Eight to 20 people. Come on now. We can't let that happen. We cannot let let that happen. We cannot. We can't let that happen. But I'm I'm like, I just want to give you just like a flavor from inside elections. Just just like what Nathan Gonzalez is looking at. I mean, and, and this was as of last week, last Friday. I mean, things could change. Things always do change, you know, during the campaign season. So... Let's talk about Senate. And I'm going, and my friend wanted me to talk about Herschel Walker. We're going to talk about him now, even further. So, as of right now, in inside elections, Mr. Gonzalez has Georgia Senate race as a toss up. As a toss up, people. I I, I can't, I I just can't. I, I, I just cannot believe that this is rated a toss up. Now, the Senate Republican Campaign Committee is going full out on this. And, you know, I think, you know, their plan all along was to have two brown men run against each other. And, you know, they think that Herschel being brown is going to help. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, as a brown person, you know, many of us are conservative socially. But, uh, um, you know, when it comes to, like, same-sex marriage, abortion, I'm not going to lie to you, there are a lot of brown people in this country that, you know, they have strong feelings about those two issues. I mean, you have single voter issues and and abortion is one of them and same-sex marriage is one of them and you know Reverend Warnock I mean he's done a tremendous job in the Senate he has I've worked with his office I mean he he's he's really really good and and I'm not gonna lie full disclosure I did contribute to him uh for the runoff and, 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 as, and as well as his colleague John Ossoff, Senator Ossoff. I did. Because, I mean, Georgia was the was the reason why the Democrats were able to get back control of the Senate. So, <clears throat> let's talk about the Senate outlook. So, right now, Democrats have control of a 50-50 Senate. And with the vice president being the tying vote. Um, I gotta tell you, 
Okay, Mr. Gonzalez, his current projection? Republicans plus one to Democrats plus one. So it can go either way. But we need Georgia. Let's talk about Nevada. Oh, boy. Senator Cortez Mastow, okay? She's running for her second term. She is running against a well-established Republican. And I read, um, it's Mr. Laxdahl. I read that his family is voting for her. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Nevada, Nevada has always been a battleground state. It has. It's always been a battleground state. Um, you know, some of the congressional seats in Nevada are up in play. You have Representative Dina Titus. You have Representative Susie Lee. You have Representative um, Hornsford. I mean, Nevada is in play. I mean, it's in play. And so uh, right now, it's considered a, a toss-up. I mean, so, you know, we only got four weeks. So I hope that, you know, that as we move closer to election day, that it's going to lean to Democrat. I really do. And then, you know, we have um, the Pennsylvania race. So it's it's an open seat. I mean, right now it um, it was held by Senator Pat Toomey. He's a very conservative Republican. He came from the House. Um, so you have John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. And I talked about this earlier. For the love of God, please vote for John Fetterman. Please, please, please. But that's considered a toss-up by inside election. So there are two other races, okay? Um, Mark Kelly from Arizona. Um, you know, it's tilt Democrat. Um, come on now. We need to make that lean or we, we need to make that solid Democratic. We need to do that. Then you have the New Hampshire race. Senator Hassan is the incumbent. Y'all, we, we got to, you know, we got to do right by her because we need more women in, in, you know, we need to keep our women in the Senate. So right now it's that's tilt Democratic. All right. Um, likely Democratic. Okay. Mike Bennett from Colorado. Um, and then Senator Murray from the state of Washington. No, Senator Murray has been in the Senate for decades. Remember when George H.W. Bush was president and we had a vacancy in the Supreme Court and it was Clarence Thomas. He was taking Thurgood Marshall's seat. And y'all remember the confirmation hearings? And do y'all remember there was not one woman on the Senate Judiciary Committee? Okay, I'm about to talk bad about our president. I apologize, but it is what it is. He was senator. He was chairman of judiciary. And he did a disservice to Anita Hill. He really did. And the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because Patty Murray actually won the Senate seat because of that happening. And I really hope that she's reelected. 
She is really good. She's on the Senate Appropriations Committee. If the Democrats do keep control, guess what? She will be chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee. Just saying. I mean, do y'all ever recall a woman being chair of the full Senate Appropriations Committee? Y'all think about that. I mean, really. I mean, seriously, think about that. Um, Let's talk about, okay, solid Democrat. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got Senator Alex Padilla from California. He will, he's running for the full term. Um, he replaced Vice President Kamala Harris. Okay, you got Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from, um, from Connecticut. Senator Brian Schatz from Hawaii. Um, so we got um, Senator Duckworth, Tammy Duckworth. Senator um, Chris Van Holland from Maryland. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Ron Wyden, Oregon. And, okay, we got an open seat in Vermont. Um, the current incumbent is Patrick Leahy. He's retiring, and he's currently the chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee. All right, but I, okay, I do want to get into North Carolina. So Senator Richard Burr has held that seat for several terms. He's retiring. Now, he's a moderate Republican, but that's an open seat. Right now, it's rated tilt Republican. I'm like, okay, all right. And the same thing goes for um, Ron Johnson out of uh, Wisconsin. And then this, okay, now this, this breaks my heart, okay? Lean Republican, the open Senate seat in Ohio. Right now, it's, um, you have Rob Portman. Um, then there's another one, okay, this breaks my heart too. Uh, Representative, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark Rubio. Marco Rubio, he's running against Val Demings. She's a former police chief. She was on, um, the impeachment committee uh, of the former president. I'm not going, you know, number 45. I'm not going to say his name. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still likely Republican. Uh, Mike Lee, Utah, just so on Twitter, um, my favorite sci-fi actor. Mark Hamill, he actually put in his support to the challenger. That makes me happy. All right, I ain't going to get into solid Republican, but I will tell you right now, there are 15 solid Republican races. So, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I'm like, I'm a little upset with regards to Louisiana because you got, oh my God, John Kennedy, who used to be a Democrat, by the way, used to be a Democrat and has gone full throttle into touched. He's touched. Oh my God, he's touched. But, Again, going to repeat it right now. Inside Elections is calling it Republicans plus one to Democrats plus one. So I just wanted to give you just a sense of like what some of the um, folks are, are looking at. Um, you know, there is the University of Virginia Center for Politics, Larry Sabato, he has his crystal ball 
he's actually pretty i mean he you know he's he's pretty decent um he you know he yesterday talked about in an article that was entitled four weeks to go so in less than four weeks you know he's He's changed some of the ratings for the House races. So the open seat in um, Colorado, Congressional District 8. Okay, the old rating was lean Republican. Now it's a toss-up. The new rating is a toss-up. Now this is as of yesterday. Okay, okay, so then there's the Rhode Island Congressional District 2 seat. Um, It's an open seat. So it said the old rating was lean Democrat. No Democratic. No, it's a toss up. Wisconsin Congressional District 3. Open. Old rating. It lean Republican. Now they're saying it's likely. Oh, boy. So that's that's a potentially a Democratic seat that will be gone. So. Let's talk about what he thinks about the Senate. And so we're going to talk, let's talk about Nevada. So Larry Sabato is, has saying that um, the race between Senator Catherine Cortez Mastow, she's trailing former state attorney general, Adam Lexelt, who's a Republican. And He's saying that Nevada is one of the states where the polling may be likelier to underestimate Democrats. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, because when Cortez Mastow ran against former Representative Joe Heck, a Republican, um, he led in eight straight polls. And look what happened. She became senator. I'm telling you, this polling stuff is just like, I don't know. It's 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 like it's voodoo or something. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I just don't, I don't understand this. I just don't. So let's talk about the polling um, in uh, um, the Pennsylvania race, Senate race. So according to Sabato's crystal ball, so the polling in Pennsylvania may be likelier to overstate Democrats. I don't want to hear that. I really don't want to hear that. But this is what Larry is saying. So, okay. I'm just giving y'all just a breath of what folks are saying. So we're going to go back to 2016 when Pat Toomey was challenging Katie McGinty, a Democrat. She almost always led in the polls. And, uh, And it was like the last couple of weeks of the cycle. And then Toomey ended up prevailing by 1.5 points. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, okay. But, you know, he goes on to say that in the presidential polling in 2016 and 2020, they also overstated Democrats, although the averages were closer in the final days of the campaign. So Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, he's never trailed the television doctor Mehat Oz in public polling. He hasn't. But um, his lead seems to be shrinking. And I think it's because, you know, the fear about his recovering from a stroke, which I, 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 I find 
rather disingenuous. And also because Dr. Oz has weakened the lieutenant governor with his attack ads on his health. So the, the, the one thing is Dr. Oz's favorability is worse. I mean, it's still worse. It is. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, you might have some Republican leaning electorate both showing up and they're going to be reluctant to vote for them because they don't want a Democrat to win. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I, I we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, we do have, you know, other races that, you know, I, I briefly talked about, but I mean, this is what Larry Sabato's crystal ball is saying. And this is as of yesterday. And I mean, I, all I'm telling you, go vote, go vote, go vote. No, like early vote, early vote, vote on election day, but vote. Cause if you don't vote and you, and you bitch and moan after the fact, don't want nothing to do with you. So, you know, let's talk about my favorite. I love Charlie Cook. But before we get to Charlie Cook, I want to talk about an article that was in The Economist. And this is as of yesterday. And okay, and this is the title of the article. The Democrats are likely to keep <coughs> their majority in the Senate. Hallelujah. And so they go to explore the findings of the model that they have. So, I mean, okay. So as they're saying right now, they're, they've been doing simulated elections. And, you know, they have been predicting, some of their simulations have predicted, so they've done 100 simulations. Out of that 100, only 19 have predicted that the Republicans will win. So 81 out of the 100 simulations have the Democrats winning the majority. Okay. So if the okay in the simulations, in the 19 out of the 100 simulations that the Republicans have the majority, they're projected to win 45 to 53. Now, with the Democrats, so it's 81 out of 100 simulations. Democrats are predicted to win 47 to 55 seats. Okay. That's important. But don't get, it, don't get this twisted. You still need 60. You need 60 votes in the Senate. But if they are projected to pick out, to have 55 seats, you only need five Republicans as opposed to now they need 10 or more. So they will make up ground. And I get that. But seriously, you need 60. You don't need, if the Republicans take back control of the Senate, uh, judicial nominations, yeah. Biden ain't going to get no more judicial nominations. Done. They're not. And I think that's another thing that will come up. And I forgot. A lame duck. Like pushing through those judicial nominations. 
So, I mean, you know, there are the simulations that have been done by the economists. I mean, they're quite fascinating. And if you look in my show notes, I mean, I have a link to the article and you can just see, I mean, they, you know, they're doing forecasts of the Senate races and the number of seats. I mean, I mean, this is really, really fascinating. I mean, this is a science. I mean, I took um, statistics when I was at the University of Maryland because I, I majored in government and politics. And we actually had to do a, um, a simulation of elections. And it was actually quite fascinating. I mean, a lot goes into this. I mean, you got the minute details, you know, of how somebody thinks that can go into how you can extrapolate how they're going to vote or you think how they're going to vote. The thing that everybody needs to understand the exit polling, when people, you know, when, when pollsters um, after you vote, like literally right after you vote, you get out of the polling booth, the polling place, you know, they'll ask you a series of questions. Nine times out of 10, these, these assholes are lying through their teeth. Because think about what happened in 2016 and how 45 got elected. Because white women who felt like they were disenfranchised, but they came out and said, oh, an exit polling, oh, I'm going to vote. I would vote for Hillary. They lied through their teeth. So I don't, I mean, I don't, exit polling for me, I'm like, no. Because people will say what you think they want you to say. Truth. Truth. Because if they ask me, I'm going to tell the God's truth. I'm going to tell them, I'm like, I've, I'm like, I voted this way because I want to save our democracy. I ain't going to lie. Um, but like, like I said, I'm like, I just wanted to like, you know, discuss a little bit about the, the Economist article. And again, I mean, I have that link down on my, you know, show notes. I mean, I'm telling you, this is, this is going to be no joke. I mean, it's going to be no joke and y'all better be prepared because election night, we're not going to know. We're not going to know what's going to happen. We're not. So all I'm going to tell you, my citizen legislators, please, for the love of God, I know I'm being dramatic and I'm like, and I'm normally not a dramatic person, but please vote. Please educate yourself. That's what topless government is about. It's about providing you with the knowledge so you'll be able to be better informed when you go into that voting booth or, you know, or when you're, you're filling out your absentee ballot or you're going, I mean, early voting, whatever, or you're voting on election day, you will be weaponized with the power of knowledge because you'll know how you're going to vote. Because trust me, if, if you do early voting and you're going to your precinct and or if you're doing it on election day, you know, as you're walking to your polling place, there are people out there that are trying to hand you something and to try to sway you before you go in and, and vote. Your God-given right to vote. They're, they're trying to persuade you. You need to make sure before you get there that you already know in your mind how you're going to vote. So, I mean, I, I really, really hope I would check out, check out Charlie Cook, political report. He's really, really good. You know, check out Inside Election with Nathan Gonzalez. Um, check out the MB, MSNBC guy. 
Kornacki. I mean, you know, and, and then Larry Sabato's Crystal Ball from UVA's Center of Politics. Check it out. Because seriously, I mean, again, our, I mean, our democracy is at stake. No joke. Our democracy is at stake. If you want touch people running Congress, bless you. I don't have nothing to do. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. We need to straighten this ship up. President Biden and Vice President Harris have been doing a really good job. They could be better. Same thing with the Democrats in the House and Senate. In order to get stuff done, specifically in the Senate, we need more Democrats in the Senate. I would love to have more women in the Senate or people of color in the Senate and even in the House. But remember, okay, November 8th, we're not going to find out some of these close races, especially a lot of these open races. We may not find out for weeks or like a month. And as I said earlier, we might not find out until January. So my citizen legislators, please, just please. I mean, this is why I'm doing topless government because I, I want to give back. I want to play it forward. I want to play it forward. Take a look at the links that I've provided that will, you know, show you how, you know, these polls work, um, the simulations that they're putting together. It's going to be really, really helpful for you. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me and also for me to share my knowledge and my love of politics. Because, you you know, by now, if you don't know by now, after three damn episodes, how much I love politics, shame on you. You don't have to love politics like I do, but I need you to play the game. Because if you don't know the game, you're going to get played. Trust me when I tell you. And I know y'all getting tired of being played. So thank you so much. Tune in again to Topless Government, a District Dog Face Studios production. Thank you and have a good week.